0: Yes, Underworld Breach hit the ban list But we still can't play Mind Twist And TNN Grizzle, Brandon Oko still run free The card silence just became fertilizer Gaddick T comes back in from the sideboard That's why I rely on certain certainties Yes, some things never change Like getting Chalice out on turn one Some things stay the same like how Dover just isn't fun Now your Miracles deck is in total track Since Wizards rescued you Some things never change Like how this format is just fair blue Some idealists are starting some brewing But we all know what's right to be doing Jamming every good card in a deck with Leap. Or Chancellor Duck Ritual in Tomb And of course they have exhumed Get ready to concede before a mask is played Yeah, some things never change Like an army. i off show tell. Some things stay the same Like on that can go to hell When a blood moon hits and you feel like shit You know what to say and do, right? Some Not even worth trying, zoo. To rest is restless. Could that be why I'm hearing this call? The next thing coming is obvious to players one and all. They'll take the veil, and it will be complete. Enter is Delver will be the only ways you can compete. Ah, So they aren't giving us any GPs and they've ruined the game in 2019. It's time to count our blessings, Goblin Recruiter is still banned. Wouldn't want to break the shame, would we? Had to be really careful with a new swing This way, legacy probably never will die Probably never will die Probably never will die hey! Some things never change Like a linker that ends the game Some things stay the same Crop rotation for depths and stage Dreadhoard arc gonna miss a flashback time twist rear monolith and three ball Some things never change why even have a bad list at all
1: Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles I'm your host Zach Clark and with me as always Nathan Gulley and Phil Blackman Nate Phil how's it going guys Got some breaking news to check on, right? Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah, big
2: big big story today, huh? Well, we it's funny because we posted an article about like, well maybe maybe this will
3: happen, maybe it won't, and then it did happen. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it's breaking news, but it was like so easily predictable.
2: Well, one That's, of us predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think a lot of us are just
1: well people are just surprised that Well, maybe you should tell everyone what the news is, Zach. Yeah. So, uh, Underworld Breach got banned in Legacy today. Yeah,
2: and I think a lot of us are more not just not surprised that it got banned at some point, but just that it happened already.
1: Because it it was a uh, decision that was made with some amount of urgency.
2: It that and like... <laughs> like, let's say, so six weeks, right? So it came yeah. out on 24th, today's the nine, so that's about six weeks. And they, they had a week ago that they were going to make an announcement, so that's a week ago. So it has been five, It was five weeks, and they probably deliberated on it for a couple days or something, right? So you're talking like they made a decision after like a month about Legacy, which is kind of crazy for them. It, is, is, that, is that good? Well, let's see. Do you believe it? Do you believe yeah. them? There were, there were seriously other, here's other changes. Golos, Tireless Pilgrim, Banned in Brawl. Sure. Um, Oko, Once Upon a Time and Velo Summer moved from Suspended to Banned in Historic and then Field of the Dead moved from Suspended to Legal and Once Upon a Time Banned in Modern. And everything, everyone said this is probably about Pioneer and then they have a whole section about Pioneer and why they didn't make changes. In mm. fact, the section about Pioneer is the longest explanation on this entire announcement.
1: I mean, I kind of agree with them on not making changes to a format that's so young and has seen so many changes already. It's just, um, what, what's the, you know, it creates like an unsettling in the market, uh, of, of a format, like not, not in the buying part of the format, but just in the playing of a format when there's so many changes so fast. And they've seen that happen a little bit with Pioneer where people are just like, I have fatigue over the amount of, of announcements that you guys are making for this. Also, I bought a deck and now the deck's not legal, you know. Yeah. When you only get like I just bought the uh the um Lotus Breach deck, the uh Lotus Field deck. Um I got to play it once and I was like, "Man, if I only get to play this deck one time after purchasing it, that's a total feel bad, you know?" Yeah. And I think they just uh, need to space out their timing a little bit for for the younger formats. Um it, look, standards standards its own thing, really. Standard is uh it, it's very easy to f- get data for standard and be like yep this is the problem um we have a grand prix that showed x amount of people played this deck it was super good its win rate was x you know with with pioneer they can do that too but i think they need to wait until for these big events to pass, like let a big event happen, let it pass, make an announcement afterwards so that people can sort of decide what the hell's going on. You know, otherwise, otherwise everyone's just going to freak out every time a ban happens, which is not, you want the, you want a band to be a sigh of relief, not a, uh, not a, Oh, this guy, you know, like situation. I know? think, I think luckily, luckily for this one, in
3: terms of, uh, you know, prices, Underworld Breach was, what, like, two or three bucks? Yeah, yeah, right, I, like I just bought them. The, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, if you invested in the deck, like, the whole thing, and the only real, like, heavy cost outside of your mana base is the LEDs and, like, somewhat the pedals, but it's like, if you invested in the LEDs, it's like, you didn't really lose your investment, you can just flip those back, like, those aren't going to drop at all, so, like, you know, you lost the two or three dollars or whatever a piece that you spent on breaches, but that's about it. Exactly, I mean, I don't
2: think, I don't think this is a bad financial move at all, um, for Legacy,
4: and I agree with yeah. you on some
2: other things. And the, the funny thing is, like, they got all this stuff about Historic, which I, of course, always forget as a format, not to mention Brawl. So, like, I guess my question was, I, I was wondering if they were going to, like, make these changes and then it was just like, oh, geez, like, Underworld Breach is kind of going crazy in Legacy. Let's, let's just throw that in there because we never have a schedule. And so we'd have to make another pre-announcement, announcement. I, I mean, as much as as much as people rag on Wizards and myself included, I actually like a lot of what they done, that they did with Pioneer in terms of like kind of just letting people figure out how to break it and then banning cards. I think that there's just a lot of busted shit going on in the last few years, and that's sort of and the decks are kind of already built for that, so that's kind of hurting Pioneer a little bit in terms of the frequency they had to make changes. And um, but I don't like this like. You know, we make an announcement a week in advance about an announcement. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, was, that was just like a—it was just kind of a weird week last week. It's like where it's like hundredfold breach. Like I was pretty sure like it could get—it was going to get banned just because the the, same, the right people were complaining about it at the right rate. But boy, it still seems really quick. Or like I kind of wish they had tried something different. Like I kind of wish we had gotten to see if it was like a legacy because it is legacy powerful, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, like, so we get this Legacy Powerful card for six weeks just because, like, one card, Brain Freeze, just makes it insane. I mean, Lion's Eye Diamond does, but, like, Brain Freeze was really the engine where, like, once a Brain Freeze resolved, the Underworld Breach and play, it was, like, drawing your entire deck. So, like... That's That was the issue, and like maybe that had to be replaced with Tome Scour, or Vision Charm, or whatever it was going to be. It was never going to be as good, and maybe Underworld Breach could unlock some other payoffs for milling your whole deck, right? I don't, I don't know. Something more interesting than just milling your whole deck for Narco Amoebas and returning back something. Yeah, it, I don't know. I I, I, liked, I liked that it was something else you could do, but I'm not surprised to nor it go, nor does like I said, really care. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It, it was here, then it's gone. So, what do you think is the net result here? What shakes out? Well, I think we're back to Oko land again. Yep, twenty eight percent of decks.
3: Yeah, fair decks are just going to gravitate entirely towards Oko, and then in for combo, I think uh, the best combo decks will be the ones that lean really hard on Dele Summer. So like, cast Blue Green Sneak, or not Blue Green Sneak, uh, blue Blue Green Joe Intel. Um, I think that veil vale is just the the best protection spell that combo decks can be playing right now, and they should exploit that. Um, and then I think, yeah, all the decks are just going to be OGO oh, plus stuff.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I'm. Let's see. So we talked about it a little bit last week, right? With like what else came out in, in Theros to change that dynamic? The only thing that really came out was. Um, Glosses Oracle. That's probably very likely to be a Veil deck, right? Like you know, whether it's Doomsday or whatever, and you don't have, you don't have under or uh, Brain Freeze floating around in like ten percent of your twenty percent of your opponents to make that miserable. Um, Uro, which I think is just another Oko. I mean, it's going to go in all the same decks. Um, there's Croxa, but I don't know how good Grixis Control is in a Veil slash uh, Oko world. I just think it's not the power level is
3: not high enough. Um I mean, uh, like uh, him is obviously super powerful, but there's there's a soft ban on it if people just adopt more veil assumers.
2: Right. I think like so I think like what, what like Blue Red Belver is probably still gonna be the best deck, you know, which was which is not does not care on either end of a um a veil, doesn't play it, doesn't um, lose to it. And what else was good before Oko was banned?
1: I don't remember, Or on oh, not Oko was no. banned,
2: uh Breach was printed
1: i mean miracles is probably still going to be fine you know you, miracles is an oko deck yeah well i yeah. mean it is now but i think i think you can still just play blue white miracles
3: even you can but you you the, that deck just has like such a hard time with planeswalkers and with all the other like fair uh control slash fair mid-range decks all jamming a bunch of okos it as i like i've, I've been playing blue white miracles for the last couple of weeks and you just look like, the the you can beat pretty much anything but your diff- most difficult permanent to deal with is Planeswalkers, for sure yeah. yep and I guess there's the not enough council's judgments in the world
1: right. to uh, change that yeah also, i guess if you're, you're going to if you're going to play that deck you should be playing with oko so that you can attack other okos makes sense well yeah the
3: the issue with it is like if if somebody casts an oko it's like then they they know that all they have to do is play a Protect the Queen strategy. Mm-hmm. So all resources go into fighting over only the specific tools that are available to get rid of Planeswalkers. And it's if, if they just ignore everything outside of the things that remove Oko, because it's like, if, if you play your own Planeswalker, yeah, you know, you'll be able to, like, maybe maintain parity in terms of uh, raw resources, but the Oco is going to threaten any Planeswalker that comes down with threats that are bigger than whatever the other threats that Planeswalkers are making. Yeah. You know? Like Oko pumping out three threes every other turn is just so much more efficient in terms of threat density than, you know, your Jace the Mind Sculptor or Lilianus or whatever, you know or
1: even Gideon, you know, like Gideon you can make a two two every turn, but does it really matter, right? Well you're
3: making it you're making it a two two and it's also a mana more expensive. So by the
1: time you pump yeah. out a two two, they've already made a three three. Yeah. I mean the best I, I think I guess the best case scenario is, is in a game where you're both at a relatively high life total is play Gideon plus him you know, fine, pass turn and then use his uh, uh, anthem ability Ultimate. and then and then you're now pumping out three threes. So at you're, least you if, if, so if, far if, the, if the argument <laughs> yeah oh if, yeah yeah if
3: the argument comes down to like it's it's Oko versus mm-hmm. like it's just not gonna be close. Like yeah, Oko's yeah. just gonna clone every other walker. You got yeah. you have to fight on a different axis because you're not gonna be able to fight him on like who's pumping out the better threats. Yeah. Yep. Um, just a quick note.
2: Maverick, you know, watching Maverick players adopt three Okos is heartbreaking, but not unexpected. We, we all you know to say if Maverick could play True Name, it could, it would rather. And Maverick can play Oko because it's just the one blue. Yeah, yeah. And Noble Hierarch makes it, and you can put a Tropical Island in your deck super easily. And um, and Maverick was doing pretty well because it was actually it actually had a pretty good um, breach matchup. So it was playing, it was it was being played a little bit more and doing fairly well. But they didn't add the Okos because of the Breach matchup. The Okos just allowed them to play better cards against Breach, and then just have something that took care of all their problems. So, um, and then four color loam, which is now five color loam a lot of the time, or four color loam but without the punishing fires. Same deal, just you know, jam more Okos than your opponent. Um, I just think like, like this is like this. Okos is a thing where it's literally in every fair deck. I can't I can't see a, a, a universe where it makes it much longer. Um, cause I think it'll eventually just have such a high penetration that
1: well, no one. <laughs> with that well with that said, uh, what what do you think? Uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna put the over under at uh, four months. What do you guys think?
2: Four months that, I think that sounds good. I would say if, we, if it's not banned by the summer, it'll be banned in the fall, which is an interesting way to put it, but like, I feel like they don't make a lot of announcements in the summer.
1: So what do you think, Phil? Over or under? uh i think never you don't think it'll ever get banned i mean nah. it's a safe bet because if you go if you go with the over and it never gets banned you're you're still good yeah <laughs> um, i mean i'll
3: take the over i i just it, it doesn't seem like then i i think they're more likely to just leave it as one of the transgressive transgressive things that needs a place to live um i get that it's a new card but uh i think they'll just end up having to, die. I think they're priced into having to print more hate or more, you know, efficient removal. But like, we'll, eventually the, the density of it taking over will just be too high and they'll have to print something new. And it's now banned in think... Standard, Historic, Pioneer, and Modern. Like... Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> banned I mean, everything. I guess... it's gonna, like, we do have efficient answers in, you know, Pyroblast, but that's if you're in a color. And uh, I think that just print you know they they got close to printing a one mana removal spell in black that removes counters they just happen to then print oko which comes into play with more counters than that one card removes but they could easily then like just correct that and be like all right for one mana you know uh target non-land permanent you know loses all of its counters or whatever well
2: it does make you think about a couple other decks that Haven't that didn't have like a huge amount of presence under the in the in the breach world? There's dark depths decks, which um do have a thing that removes all counters from planeswalkers if you want it. Uh, that you know, maybe we could see some more of those creep in, especially if people start playing these sort of dirtily fair blue decks a little bit more. Those tend to get shredded by depths, though. There's the veil of summer question since most of its protection is black, we go a lot of ways on that. Um, the uh, show and tell decks. Uh, of course, ability to, uh, just play Veil of Summer, but also to ignore it, which is really nice. Um, and maybe more traditional Storm decks. I think that the Epic Storm is gonna, you know, keep its build that was fairly novel with the, uh, main deck Veils and the Wishclaw Talismans, etc. I don't know if this is any better for Ant, because, you know, Ant was just slower than, um... Than Breach, and also its interaction of discarding was not as good against Breach, for obvious reasons. So, you know, maybe we'll see that come back, but, you know, there's a Veil issue there, too. Um, elves... Elves is an interesting idea in that it can definitely destroy Oko decks, but uh, it might just... I don't know about the rest of the format. That's that's sort of one of the things. I think we'll just... People will rush into these Oko decks or Blue-Red Delver, or you know miracles and then the question is like is there a predator to that i just i'm not sure i'm not sure what
3: the next what the next predator is other than dark depths or something like that i mean i I think as long as there's astrolabe oko it's just going to be five color good stuff decks uh that are playing fair and then it's just you know do you prefer having you know whatever your interaction is going to be but like your threats and your starting action are going to be the same like you're just going to be astrolabe plus mythics
1: I think that's just the world we're going to live in. I got to be uh, honest, uh, people calling for the Astrolabe ban, I think that the, I mean, I, I get that the problem is, like, you can cast any any colored permanent from, from your deck. But honestly, I don't think Astrolabe is that much of a problem as much as, like, these th- these, like, incredibly potent three-drops. Oh, I don't think
3: it, it is either. Like I I think the, the, the adjusting to Astrolabe has moved on. Like I, I think like there are just so many more things that have targets on their heads more than Astrolabe does, which is totally fine. But it is going to be the enabler that allows all of the fair decks to just add whatever colors they yeah. want. Which collect, might actually yeah. be a reason for like, you know, if everybody has to be playing Pyroblast because 40% of the field is going to be Oko. It's like at least there's enough crossover where Power Blast is even really good against the majority of the field anyway. So like it'll have targets target outside of Oko as well to, make, to just incentivize people to do that. But if that's the case, then it's like, well, if you play fair, you either have to be on an Astrolay build that is then packing all of these cards to be able to deal with everything, mm-hmm. or are you on, you know, the the Oko, like, Chalice decks, or are you on Oko Elves, like you were talking about, where you want to be playing? A combo deck that can play fair, or are you just going to, you know, try and go over the top and play combo and ignore it altogether? I think it's the, <laughs> the same way that everybody has to go into a tournament like, expecting to play against Delver, like, you're not necessarily uh, concerned about it, but you have to consider it in your deck building strategy. You're going to be like, I'm going to play against Delver at least once to twice this tournament, if not more, right? Like, regardless of the tournament you walk into. So, you're going to have to think about that if Oko is, you know, presenting itself as forty percent of the field across multiple different archetypes, whether they be uh, aggro, control combo, mid range combos, some of those things. That's also going to be something that's going to warp your deck building strategy. You have to go in knowing, like, okay, how do I beat a resolved Oko?
2: Yeah, uh, Hogak is another thing, actually. By the way, that I thought might be something to, to consider in that. In that. Equation of like what can actually go wide enough to make an Oko an oka turn three, not good. I mean, I it's got the trample, and the trample is like going wide.
0: <laughs>
2: the problem is the problem, I guess you can sa- the thing is, it's nice too. Is that be with Hogag, you can sacrifice it if they elk it, you sacrifice it to an altar of dementia and play it again. So, um, I mean, you've got you've got options there, and that was you know, it's interesting, like, is this whether or not this deck is good against those strategies is, is something to, to take a look at, I think. Um but yeah, it's, it's funny you mentioned Oko, you said Oko Elves Phil, and I forgot that, oh, that Elves plays Oko now because nothing matters.
3: So. well yeah, also like <laughs> turn two Oko is better than turn three Oko's. The other the other thing to keep in uh check too is that with all of the Oko decks, since all of the Oko decks are already incentivized to be playing AstroLate if they're not playing Chalice, uh just you know, A B C it's like if you're playing Oko and therefore playing AstroLate uh to get to the green splash, then that's going to just Freely incentivize a fair mid-range deck or a fair control deck to just be playing a bunch of Ice Fangs. So having, like, your whole deck playing is good. It's like you have a bunch of creatures that if they die, like, who gives a shit? Whereas if you're playing, again, if you're playing, you know, your fair beaters, like your Boys of the world, those are going to be a lot harder to get into combat against open mana if your opponents are playing flash Bell for tricks. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you have to take that into consideration too. That if you're if you're playing a deck where uh, you're resolving a protect the queen strategy, that can trade with a one one. That you have to be conscious of that whenever they leave mana open. Here's here's a question:
2: hmm. How do you play black in this in this format with Bale Summer? Because Stitcher, a lot of these things. Picture supplier. Picture supplier, maybe is it? Yeah. Like I think like because I was thinking like you know you're talking about Ice Fang and or something. I was thinking like oh maybe like um. You know, plague engineer comes back, and you're like you've got abrupt decay is, like a thing. Of course, those have one of those cards has problems with 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 a uh, veil of summer. And um, in addition, like I mean, while plague engineer is good, like are you just playing? Are you playing blue green splash black red? Are you playing more more red because you're going to have more pyroblast or more lightning bolts for whatever reason? Um, I think that's I think that's interesting. I wonder how to like play black in a fair deck now, where you maybe you're gonna push something like him or thoughts into the sideboard if you think it's going to be good i
3: think if you Match can rely up. on blue countermagic in those spots just because the like blue countermagic i feel like in fair decks is just going to line up better than discard in a world where a veil exists because countermagic is just better than discard when you're not killing them immediately because you can actually fight the top of their deck uh, I think in black that uh, Liliana the Last Hope is also a relatively strong thing to be doing because all the fair decks are going to be playing X ones, but then also the plus can at least uh, slow down the threat of all the three threes while killing all the stuff in the air. So it's like if you can break parity by playing a veil and then I'm just going, you know, all the 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 down of going up a bunch of cards to like get value out of your. Um, value creatures, and now that you have the escape cards, that can just also be dumped for, you know, value over the course of the long game. It's like, it's there. Uh, I don't know if... That's a really really good point. It's it's one of those things where it it needs to be a three-drop where, like, that's another three-drop where it's going to do nothing against the decks that are trying to go over the top. You know, like, your your minus two, minus one is not going to affect the con deck, and it's not (laughs) going to affect the combo deck. So it's like... It's just a three drop that you're hedging. You're going to open up in certain matchups and have them be good. Obviously, against like, you know, the, the generic control decks, it, it is a suspend for win the game. But at least it now has targets because everybody's going to be playing, you know, 1 1 flyers. It's similar to how uh, back in uh, standard when all of the control decks were playing Jason's Prodigy, because it was, it was the best thing you could be doing because it was Mythic in that format. And so all of the burn decks got to free role play. Um, the red-red deal two to a creature or three to a player. Searing blood. What the cards Searing blood. Well, yes, yeah, whatever that variant was. All the the burn decks got to, to free roll play that because not only was it good against the creature decks, but also the control decks were priced in, uh, priced into playing this X2. Uh, and so it like lined up against 100% of the field pretty much. So... If that's what the fair decks look like, it look, you know it just becomes about creature decks, like, especially since Liliana the Last Hope is also very good against Dreadhorde Arcanist, of turning off the flashback ability on it. Um, I think that maybe black could skew towards having that be your win con. Yeah, I think that that's right. I think the the most
2: I was just looking at the list of decks out here: blue-red Delver, and then any of the miracles decks. Uh, you want a Liliana of the Last Hope. Um, and I mean, obviously, it's good against DNT. I mean, you probably it's probably a sideboard card and probably something that's going to be you know hard to resolve, but it is inter- it is great against the Delver decks just in terms of um, you know, turning off Dreadhorde, killing young Pyromancer, which is a huge deal, killing Delvers that are you know unflipped or whatever. Um, and then it obviously gets miracles, just like preventing them from getting that chip damage in with Snapcaster Mage and uh Ice Fang Coat, although the flesh monkeys at that a little bit they have to go after liliana because they can't do anything about it otherwise yeah um
3: the other card the other black cards that i think are uh, gonna be worth taking another look if we devolve into a who can just who of the mid-range control that's who can put more permanence on the board again it's not good against combo but i think bitter blossom could be making a comeback now yeah if everybody's if everybody's playing one one flyer as a draw card uh, <clears throat> on top of planeswalkers then just like constantly putting them under uh, you know threat of never ending one one seems like a good plan and it's also cheap, it can get under, you know.
1: So I guess that begs the question, uh, uh, whether or not you think Death Shadow could see a resurgence.
3: No, I think Death I don't shadow think, for, yeah. this, for the for the for the same purposes that like if everybody's playing, you it's know, it's not playing red Touchers, right. Yeah, of course. If it, if everybody's playing one one Death Touchers, your you know, eight eight shadows and five five Gurmegs that don't have trample look pretty bad. Yep. Um I mean, if you're playing them alongside things like Royal Scions or something to like actually be able to push through damage, but it's like if you're doing that, then you're also becoming a mid range deck, and you're probably just a worse mid range deck than the people who are Okoing.
1: Yeah, I kind I kind of agree with you. I, I think as I said that I was like, well, you're also not playing uh, Pyroblast to get rid of Oko, so that also yeah. is a problem. That well, you have Brazen like Brazen Borrower is a card that I think is sort of a is sort of a
2: wild card right now. Um, you know, it being able to bounce and then threaten, like, is it's gonna, it's it's good against planeswalkers. Like, it's good against the you can know, invest planeswalker, especially if you can like counter the planeswalker on the way back down or something.
3: Um, actually, I, you know, I, I think speaking of Brazen Bar, I know they get brought up in the conversation a lot together, even though they do like substantially different things. But I think that uh,
2: click could actually make a return. I mean, click was already seeing some more play because like, people
3: were playing against Underworld Breach for whatever reason. I yeah, guess I mean, you, it was c- good against, you could you it could just play both they, yeah. they 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 would silence you and then in response if you can click them and catch their Underworld Breach, then you just shut off that turn and that was very good.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah I think it's interesting. Like that's a lot of we're talking about a lot of three drops here and really you, you know just the like the, that's where the Deliver reset button sort of sort of hits you right. Like you can only play even even with Astrolabe and stuff. Like the reason Blue Red Delver is good is because of, like your turn one is Astrolabe, like this deck is gonna put a ton of pressure on you. It's gonna start dreadhorde arcus arcanisting through your deck. It's gonna go wide with young pyromancer. You know, like it's gonna counter your stuff that actually kills it. Like, um it's 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 really it's really set up to pressure that. So I mean, I don't know I don't know what the I mean, I, I I still think like maybe you got to find some sort of deck that plays red and white, like some sort of like um, you know blue white and red deck, or or even like zoo. <laughs> I always say it's you I always say it, but like I, I would be, I would I would more I'm more apt to test zoo now that uh, now that underworld breach is banned
3: because you know you could actually do something against it. I think that like once again like your zoo decks are just gonna get turned off pretty hard by oko between the life gain pumping out threats that are just as big as your best ones and then like also being. And you know, insurmountable amount of loyalty. It, like, unless you go very, very wide and a lot faster than them and have won the die roll, like it's going to be tough, I think. Um, no, I, I agree. I, I think that, that I just find awesome these. There, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just I trying do. to think.
2: Like, is there an alternative to that strat to the blue? It's basically the same strategy as blue red delver. It's probably not as good, or you know, as good. And something it depends on the situation, of course. But like, yeah. I, I'm always, I'm always sort of curious about like if you know. It seems like it's like a, an opening, but I'm. I don't. I don't know
3: if I have the guts to pull the trigger on it. You know, the actual, like, the, the, the combat kid that I feel like can show up if everybody starts, like, trying to mid range harder than each other is a uh, good old classic uh, Cavern of Souls Caracas Legends. Yeah. Um, it's like if everybody's trying to tap out for, like, you know, really powerful three drop mythics, and then it's like, well, if you just have the end game of, you know, it becomes down to, you know, uh, recursive threats that can control the board then that starts to look really good if nobody's trying to wasteland each other, right? Like, you're going to be a dog to Delver, but if you're set up to try and beat that with, you know, efficient removal and what have you, then when you go long in a mid-range game, if they can't get rid of a Cavern of Souls or a Caracas, then whatever you pair with those things going to be very good. Because Phil, like stop trying to make Fiddle Flip happen. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's, more, it's more serious. Like, if, if you can, like, just be the uh, Caracas and mentoring people, like, yes, they can... Uh, they can stop one of the triggers from happening off of the, off of a veil. But like, at least that veil didn't put you, like if you, if they bailed out, at least you didn't go down a card you still have all of the resources uh, to play with, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are
2: some, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking about all these artifacts, echo decks and all these other things that are, that I don't know if they have some more space or less space now. Um, you know, other led decks and things like that. It, it's hard to say, but um I don't know. Are we, I guess we're, are we
1: happy? Is that, is this good? Is this not having to deal with breach? Is this just, I'm, I'm not mad, but I, I think we could have, we could have left it in a, a little bit longer. But at the same time, I think, look, they're making, they're making marches. They're doing, they're making actual, uh, decisions. So I, I'm, not, I'm not against that. At least they're paying attention to the
3: format. I think the like they could have left it for a little while longer as people continue to try and figure out ways to just make it so it's not the boogeyman anymore. You know, it's nice to that. Like when when a combo man uh, when a combo deck is the boogeyman, like that scares a lot of people, and then we go into overdrive, and then they're like, okay, let's ban it. But like whenever a fair deck is the boogeyman, it takes way longer. I mean, barring Ren six, which was just like obviously flagrant, but I don't think needed to be banned. Like I think people would have figured it out. Um, I think it's just like recursive play patterns into being a two drop and then like, you know, it's like Ogo being a three-drop is like a whole different world from two mana. But like beyond that, I think that combo decks were a lot scarier. And their argument was they could have left it longer, but their argument was reasonable. They were like, look, this card is obviously busted, and the likelihood of us having to ban it in the future is exceptionally high. So even if we do give more time to the format to adjust, you know, whatever comes out next to make the combo even more oppressive than it already was because it was it was already very good. They were like, we suspect that this thing is going to have to get banned at some point in the future. We might as well just ban it now and not have, you know, the interim of everybody badgering us during that whole period. It's so like, I get it. Um, I mean, I think it's also, like, nice that they did this now before the 20K coming up that is going to have a lot of hype surrounding it. And now, like, people have at least uh, a couple of weeks to figure out what they want to play instead. We're likely going to see Dex regress, but who knows, maybe we'll see like an evolution of the format in the next two weeks and everybody just jamming a bunch of games online and we get a whole new metagame that we weren't expecting at the 20k.
2: Yeah, it would be great. I'm really hoping that there's something
3: else in Theros
2: that can make make some penetration here. I'm now looking at the list of cards in it, which is probably not the right thing to do, but um anyway. Well, should we call it? I think we (laughs) should. I think we should. All right. Thanks
4: everyone. Thanks for listening. Legacy players, listen to me. The format, it's a mess. Oko is a piece of shit, but at least we have the Breach. Wizards is designing freely, cause that does some big mistakes. They dream about making money, mythics that players will chase. Just look at Rensix and Oko, Planeswalker's no fun for me. At least there's a busted combo that we all broke easily. Underworld Breach. Underworld Breach. Crack lotus pedal, sack and LED, escape them for free! We need more cards to hit our yard, brains freeze ourselves, who says storm is hard! Infinite mana, shit is bananas, underworld breach! A yard will for one less mana, that's fine, what could be so bad? Wait, the cards don't exile after? Nope, they just make you sad! Winning is just way too easy, when opponents cannot speak! Silence is the sweetest sound when... You flip your whole library! Uh Uh-oh! Underworld breach! Underworld breach! Nobody beat us, or play us, or cheat us, we have no GP! Grinding station brings the heat, seals destroy the hate too easily! Deck is straight nonsense, filthy sweet hot mess like Legacy! Underworld breach! Since nothing matters, haters can blather indefinitely! Even if they take the breach away, it is assuredly sad to say. Spoilers in season, power creep for no reason, underworld breach. I play a land and then play a rock and then cast a spell. It fuels what I got if they wreck the planet. No worries, fam, it's not yet turn three. I'm hellbent, it sucks, I guess it's bad luck. Oh wait, I forgot, this deck can't be stopped. If it loses steam, reclaim likes like Sabine and go off again for free. Yeah, I get that, like, people want them to just ban Underworld Breach, but, like, what if we, the legacy community, like, solved ways to beat it without them banning it, you know? That would be pretty wild. Underworld Breach! Underworld Breach! Try sending pizza to cafeteria at R&D! What does the future Future League do? How could the designer made it through? Utterly broken, Twitter has spoken. Underworld breach. Each time they do that, it ruins the format. Underworld breach. Making announcements, freaking us out when we knew it would happen. 2019 relapsed and also Arrow is stupid. Why would you do this? Underworld breach.